and welcome to Stephen Rowland Beer Podcast. Number 225. 225. Stephen, 225, mean anything to you? Does. The uh, British Rail had a train which is the Intercity 225, not to be confused yeah. with the 125, which had a top speed of 140 miles an hour, but was limited to 125 miles an hour because of our rubbish rail tracks. Train facts this week. Train facts. Awesome. Yeah, so there we go. That's this week's uh, amazing our, piece yeah. of trivia. For our large contract of... Um train fans listeners. to be honest most people only really listen in for the fact and then I know delete it's um, frustrating yes but you know when you have something so good you keep it going um, so this week we have some beer funnily enough yeah uh, from Harvey's Brewery uh, looks very traditional yeah um, Harvey's arguably the most traditional brewery in the UK okay so they beat they're a started in the 18th century. That's about when you were born, wasn't it? Yeah, I I was already quite old by that point, in fairness. Um, But sort of the 20th century, when there was that that consolidation of basically losing out all your big, all your breweries combining into one and Mm. and so on. Um, Harvey's consolidation. Yeah, Harvey's were terrible. Like they they had a terrible, they had terrible pubs that were falling apart. They weren't making money. It was all going badly. And, it, and everyone just looked and went, nah, not worth the effort. And just kind of ignored them. Um, and they That's just kind of... It's rough, isn't it? It's <laughs> Everybody's going to go, hello, hello. It's kind of like the coffee world. Everybody's buying all the other coffee businesses at the minute. Uh, hello. Please <laughs> get a knock on the door. Um, but what that meant was when that kind of ended up pretty badly for all of those businesses, or many of those businesses, certainly... Uh, Harvey's actually had a bit of a swing round in the 70s and 80s mm. when they kind of managed to bring, pull things back together again and have now upscaled. They've got a great reputation for set a couple of their beers. Um, their best bitter is, I've seen a number of people talk about, their Imperial Extra Double Stout um, gets rave reviews from many people, as does their, their Miles get good reviews as well. So if you're going to drink a 3.5% British dark beer... Not bad to come from them. Yes, let's get on to the dark beer. So, um, they call it a old ale. They do. What do we call it, Roland? Mild. Mild. Now, we like mild. We do like mild. Uh, I was actually talking to... uh, I was at Buxton Brewery last night, and I was talking to Jeff, the owner there. Yeah. And I was saying, like, really we should do more to it again. (laughs) Like, I really like a good mild... Um, and he was like, do you know what, we were talking about this earlier that we, some of the styles we haven't done for a while and mild, for me, sadly something that craft beer yeah. has left alone a little bit and kind of does it as a gimmick every now and again but I don't see anybody with a cool mild well, apart from that black cat one Oh, so I, I was chatting with um, Carl actually again last week so uh, the bearded one on Twitter who's one of the brewers at Twisted Barrel yeah. and they do a really good mild and I, it's one of the things I said I love about them is they do what they want to do, and it's not very driven by what other people say they should be doing. Yeah. Um, and if you're a Midlands brewery, you should do a mild. Yeah. Do a dark mild. Uh, before we move off the Buxton thing, I've got mm. to bring this up. You know, you went and did a brew day there. Mm. Why have two of the brewers left since you visited? Totally unrelated. They knew I wasn't coming back, don't worry, it wasn't me. But you've obviously done something to them that traumatised <laughs> them. 
two of the three brewers left, like literally weeks after they, you've been. People leave, what can I say? Rolling. It's terrible times. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah, so like we like milds. We think, what is, typi- so, what is typically a mild roll and describe it to us? Mild is the most open ended description you ever get. So, they call this one an old ale at the moment. It used to be their exhibition brown. Um, but I guess we're calling it a mild because it's kind of dark and not very high ABV mm. and not particularly hoppy or bitter. And that's quite fruity, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I find that with milds that, you know, they tend to have that little bit of a fruity finish, Mm. easy drinking, quaffable, working man's drink. It's interesting that they do a couple of other beers that are milds as well. Yeah. And this is, for me, less like what I would associate with mild than some of the other ones. Mm. This one's a little different because this one's a little bit richer and fruitier than some. Quite often you get that am like slightly metallic. Th- am I not right in thinking that mild should be below three point five percent? Probably. Like it's a very open-ended description because if you look at I've, the... I've seen that given to them before yeah. as a tag that they should be, and it's funny that this is three point six. Well, this one gets called old ale in some places, yeah. which doesn't really mean anything. No. Fundamentally, mild of the twentieth of the nineteenth century, you you could be eight percent, you could be nine percent. It just meant beer to drink fresh. Yeah. It could be any colour. Mm-hmm. You could ju- you could brew it light and put a bit of bit of syrup in, make it nice and dark. Very common practice in the twen- in the nineteenth and twentieth uh, century. There. Yeah, one of our one, one of our well known uh, local breweries is well renowned for when they screw up their bitter, they add some caramel and call it mild. It's it's not a a modern practice. It's a well established route that one. Um, but. These days, I think the things we would associate with mild tend to be towards the darker end yeah. and relatively low. Actually, for Harvey's, they don't really do much over 4%. Apart, Apart from, from their double light, double yeah, strength, is, the porter. Their, their Russian Imperial Stout yeah, is 9%. Stout, yeah. okay. but, but their best bitter is uh, 3.5. Their other milds are around the 3 and a bit. So 3 to 4 is like their, their core. I think they're very much in the kind of... 1970s, 80s style of of British brewery. Mm. Hence, well, this is probably maybe some of the most traditional style of beer you're still going to get being produced. Do you know? I'm, I mean, I'm actually happy for them to be traditional because they are a traditional, you know. Absolutely. And I'm and I'm really pleased that they're doing beers like this. Uh, and you can have the whole argument of like, is this craft beer? And but like, who cares? Like, you know, sometimes. We've talked about it before where we like a best bitter, we like a mild, and maybe these are the right people to be doing it. Just as when we talk about some of the traditional breweries suddenly start to try to do like a a, a high ABV IPA or DIPA, and you kind of go, they've screwed that up because they're stuck in their ways of doing things in the past. They don't necessarily get it. Yeah. And what, like, if you're a home brewer or you've talked to brewers, you realise that doing really good beers at 3 to 4% isn't easy. And one thing I'll say right away, this one's got a lovely mouthfeel to it. Like, there's loads of texture and richness. 3.6%. I would, if you told me they'd have to get that to 5.5% to get that kind of flavour, I would be... Well, we talked about it a lot where we don't like high, high ABVs, but like when we get an IPA that's like 4%, we kind of mm. go, do you know what, I need a little bit more oomph, a little bit more yeah. kick. 
Um, and I think I think they've actually done a, a, a pretty good job with this. I think well, I, I kind of quite like it. I like this a lot. Yeah. I think this is really, really, really good. Yeah. No, I think and I think it's fun when you when you, you know you just see people doing what they're good at, and you know this is obviously their thing. Yeah. And, you, and I, I think you're right. I've I've tasted lots of milds that have been screwed up, or you know like lots of things where like. Craft brewers trying to do like a best bitter. I've seen that a few yeah. times. Gone, you missed that there. You know, yeah. you know, and, and and these guys, that's what they do. That like that's they're they're going to be the kind of brewery that are the bench. That heritage yeah. really helps them because you've got that that reference to look at or that experience of what they were doing. And I think that, yeah, and I think this beer really still does have a place, like in in the in the like. In the kind of people like us that will go yeah. to a beer festival and go to you know go to meet the brewers and stuff like that, and and, and this still has a really valid place in that um, in that community. I, I, and, and I it would be really disappointing if you weren't able to get stuff like this. Yeah, if all you could get was seven percent American IPAs in the UK, like, and you're if you're in America and you come to the UK. You want to try a beer that you don't get in America? Yeah, yeah. Drink something like this. Yeah. But I did, I'm saying all of those things. I really wish some people did more milds. I really do. <laughs> mm. um, and the thing I love about a mild as well is like, I'm, so my uh, my parents run a working men's club, um, which is a very traditional working men's club in a working town, and they have they sell more carling than anything else. They've tried to do some like interesting real ales and yeah. they just fall flat on their face. So I go in there and it's it's Tetley's, it's John Smith's, it's yeah. Carlin and I'm like, oh. But then they'll normally have either Banks's mild on or Marston's mild on. And yeah. you just go, yeah, yeah, I'll have, I'll have one of them. And I, and I can drink it and enjoy it and kind of go, yeah, that's that's nice. It's one of those weird stats in, in the space of 10 years in the, between the 1950s and 1960s. Mild went from five out of six pints were mild mm. to being something that was the other way around. Mm. And, and bitter took over, and then lager took over from bitter. And obviously we've seen IPAs and stuff, and, and, it's, and an opening up. Yeah. But those milds have still managed to hang on with that slight, just that, that toehold. It was really interesting when I went to the, the club last time with my uh, Swedish girlfriend and had to explain to what this brown syrup was that I was drinking. <laughs> and she tried it was like, mm, not for me, I don't think. So, um, yeah, but it, 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 it's history. Go on. You, should, you should go first, Roland, because you never go first, nope. and I would like you I... to go first. So, go on. Okay, I think this is really good. Um, and I really admire the technical elements about making something that tastes rich and dried fruit and unctuous and really satisfying at 3.6%. It doesn't overwhelm on the caramel, which some of these ones do. It doesn't taste too sickly. Mm. It doesn't taste too bitter. It's just really well balanced. I think that's great. Nine. I don't think I'm a million miles away from you. I, I like it very much. The one thing that disappoints me yeah. is why call this an old ale? I just like, they, they should have kept with brown. Yeah. Like brown but, number one was was yeah, great. Like brown ale or mild, I think it's this uh, old ale doesn't tell me what it is. It just tells yeah. me it could be out of date, um, and 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 that makes me a little grumpy. But I actually quite like their branding. I think their branding is very much in keeping with what's come out of the bottle. Yeah. I'm not surprised by what I've been given a pop from the old ale thing. Um, I think it's a really tasty beer. I love when you have a description on there. That, so it's got like 
soft and full-bodied with hints of dried fruit and dates. Like, there's no, there's no fuss, there's no, no waffle, and it tastes of all of those things. So, like, they've they, they described it well, and I really like that. Wish you'd called it a mild, and for that you're going to get eight and a half. You would have got nine if you'd called it a mild. Well done, beer bods on yeah. picking up some Harvey's. Yeah. No, it's worthwhile. So, Roland, last week you went somewhere, didn't you? I did. On on Thursday, me and Christopher ventured across down south to, to Coventry, down south from us slightly, <laughs> um, to Coventry and went to Beer Gonzo, which is an awesome bottle shop there. Um, and they had a meet the brewer in their little tap room at the back there. Um, I, last time I was at, at Beer Gonzo, it was a room full of boxes. They've now made it into a nice tap room. They have some great beers on there. And it was Little Earth Beer from Suffolk who were, who were up there. Yeah. Um, amazing brewery. Great story. Actually, they, they're called Little Earth after a quote from Jester King Brewery in the US. Yeah. And they'd had a little brewery doing traditional British beers for a pub. And that was good. But that kind of fell apart. The, the pub... They were uh, letting other people run it and they didn't want to have their beers. And it was like, what do we do? They went, I could brew interesting beers instead. Mm-hmm. So they've just gone full funk. They've gone, everything is sour, funky, uses foraged ingredients. They're all about local. And they've, like, they actually spent, I think it was, it was 2015 when they first started brewing in 2016 before they released anything because they were st- they were brewing it and they were sticking it in barrels and going yeah we'll leave that for six months cash flow wise like that's hard yeah opening a brewery where you know you're going to be six twelve months before you release anything that you've brewed um but the beers were, were really delicious some really clever stuff there yeah. it does remind me a lot of jester king which is a huge compliment i, I would say because i love the that brewery yeah. um they're going to be indie man for anybody who's going that way, do check them out. They're on the... Um, you go to Indie Man. Thirsty Man. Yes. I am. I'm not. I'm very Ooh. sad about it. No, no Indie Man for you this year? No Indie Man for me. Can't go. I'm in Ireland, so I can't go. I, I will so. send you all the, the tweets of delicious stuff from Thanks. the Sunday then. Thanks. Um, but I did go last night to Buxton, as I said earlier, and uh, it was a meet the brewer with Duguez. Um, got to meet the two guys who run Duguez. Oh my god, the nicest guys ever! Like I bent their ear for like a couple of hours. Um, they were they they're really fun. I really love their approach to what they're doing. They are some of their beers they, on the tap takeover were phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Mango, 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 which I've had a few times, is just obscenely good. Um, Don't I remember you saying they're quite a big brewery, really? Aren't yeah, they? they're the they were saying they're about two and a half times the size of Buxton. Uh, and you okay. can buy their beer in the supermarket in Sweden, so you can go into an Ica and it will just be the three point five or less will be sitting yeah. on the shelf. Um, but it was really interesting because I got talking to them about System Bloggit, which is in Sweden you can't go and buy anything above three point five percent from anywhere but the government monopoly called System Bloggit. Yeah, and the only thing I've ever heard about it from brewers is negativity, because they're not allowed to sell like you can't sell online. Yeah. You can't sell bottles from your brewery. You can't do any of that. Lots stuff. of limitations on lots of limitations on where you can go. And but he was saying like one thing it's pushed the three point five percent thing in a really weird direction where okay. people are really experimenting and trying to get interesting three point five percent beers. 
um, which I've just talked about how much we love Miley yeah, is yeah. a great thing. So really, really interesting that. But he was saying that he says like when when he sells to a supermarket the three point five, he makes less money than when he sends, sends sells to System Blog it. Okay. Uh, for the higher percentages, and I was like, said that's something to do with like. Um, you know, margin like you know, taxes yeah. on alcohol and things. He says no. He says because it's government run, they're not allowed to make money. Ah. So they can only they they they've got like a seventeen eighteen percent um, profit they make on everything they sell. Yeah. So it's a fairly set thing. So they sell to them and get seventeen. And they only it, put seventeen percent on, so they can charge more to the government run thing because they know yeah. it's still going to sell. And it's really interesting. I was like, I've never thought of it that way. And I guess it's great from their point of view because they know exactly like they're going to they're going to sell it at that price. Yeah. They know what the price is. It's going to be going to customers. Mm-hmm. They know that. Well, they're also they have to take it by law in five stores within a hundred kilometers of the brewery. So they have to have have to stock it in a system blog it. Well, if everybody's buying their beer from one place and you have to be in there, that's really good. You know, that's that that makes it so it's really interesting. Um, tried their barrel age space side uh, <laughs> cocoa cocoa cocoa. Sounds an, e- an easy drinking. Twelve point five percent. Funny you should say that. The easiest drinking beer of the night. Ooh. It was very thick and smooth and actually flowed down very easily. <laughs> way too easily. I did break a Chris. I'm very sorry. Um, but, like, yeah, lots of fun. And um, Duguez are going to be at Indie Beer Man um, awesome. with Buxton, I believe. Um, the link between them both is they both brew for Omnipolo. So, ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and Duguez have got, I think. It's interesting because I think Buxton and Duguez have both benefited from doing that by the experimentation they've been doing has made them experiment more and do much more interesting things too. Well, this is uh, like when I've talked to brewers about collaboration stuff and, and that kind of thing, that I've, I've heard a few people recently kind of saying, oh, it's a lot of vanity projects, it's trying to sell stuff. Yeah. But the, the interesting one that always comes out from brewers is it's a chance to geek out with a fellow brewer about ideas about things you could do differently, like t- looking around a brewery and them going, oh, have you tried doing that? Yeah. Have you tried doing this? And actually, they like, like the brewers like doing it just for that exchange of ideas and see if they can come up with, bright, with new stuff. Well, I don't know if I'm letting cats out of bags, but nobody Ooh. listens to us anyway, but I was, uh, I, I, I was present when the uh, Duguez-Buxton collaboration beer was um, being moved to the fermenting Ooh. vessels yesterday, so uh, uh, I won't say what style it is. Um, and but, when you uh, vanish mysteriously, it's going to be about yeah, it. it's going to be a, around about seven percent, um, and it sounds very very interesting. So I'm looking forward to seeing that come out soon too. Um, but yeah, much fun was had there. Very very tasty beers. We are at eighteen and a half we need minutes. To drink up and shut up. We should drink up and shut up. We are done. done.